is it Judy Dench that's in that? Dame Judy Dench? Yeah. She's next in line to the throne. <laughs> right. Dude, I'm, I'm going to say right now, she's never going to make it to the throne because the queen's never going to fucking die. <laughs> the queen is never going to die. This is true. Yeah. I mean, she's a, she, I think we did. We she's more machine already, than but she's a lich. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's why she cool. wears all the bright colors. She's got to hide the fact, you know? Oh, <gasps> <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I just, I just had the image of, uh, What's what was that movie from the from the early nineties where the kid gets turned into a mouse and he's at the witches convention and uh, oh god I don't think I saw that one you remember this one no it rings a bell but uh, I can't remember what it was yeah. it's like the, it's a it's a kid and uh, the the witches are basically trying to they they want to kill all the children and oh man it's such a good movie it's not anyway Hocus Pocus, really? is it no not no. Hocus Pocus, but in that same like vein that same time frame. Mm, anyway, I, I got to stop really? bringing up references. I haven't had enough coffee to finish any of them. <laughs> <laughs> it was actually The Witches. The Witches, yes, yes. And they had a convention, and, and uh, all the witches had makeup on covering up their actual mm-hmm. disgusting faces. So. Oh, I do remember this. Okay. Yeah. And oh he befriended a little fat kid who also got turned into a, a mouse, and then he, yeah. I mean, it's one hell of a weight loss plan. Right, <laughs> but um, so <laughs> yeah, no, we uh, we actually we have an episode called uh, "Long Live the Queen," and we had <laughs> Dan Reichert on and just tangented really hard about the Queen, and uh, I'm pretty sure oh. that I'm wanted by the Crown now. Yeah. <laughs> when I when I was in Scotland, all, all of my wife's Scottish friends, uh, I made a couple jokes about like uh, uh, you know, cheersing to the to the to the Queen and and all that kind of stuff. It went over really well. Not at all. <laughs> Pretty hilarious. Oh, God, yeah. that's good. After that podcast, Canada's relations with the UK is no longer good. <laughs> uh, was it ever? I mean... Don't, don't you have her on your money? No, uh... I think so. I'm pretty sure we do. I yeah. Know we did, but we keep changing the bills, so I don't know if... I'm pretty <laughs> sure we still do. Wait, this is the same country that has, like, Popeye money, right? Was it Popeye money? Um, okay, yes, we do have a thing. Okay, there's a store, a weight store. Like they sell like weight on and all those like weight supplements, and you get your change in Popeye money, and it's actually like legit funds. You can still use it, but there's Popeye on it, and I don't what? know how they did it. Yeah, I okay. like I saved one and I gave it to my brother because he like collects all old Popeye memorabilia. Uh, memorabilia so I, I had to give it to him and. He, but when I first found it, like, it was my friend JJ. He's like, they just gave me fucking Monopoly money. And I'm like, what? He <laughs> takes it out and there's Popeye. I'm like, what the fuck? And we went back in and they're like, oh, yeah, you can still use that anywhere. We're just, what? what? This How is coming from possible? the same country who names their money loonies and toonies. So <laughs> yeah, not say more. What scares me is like there's discussion of like making a $5 coin now. And I'm scared because first off, we just got rid of the pennies. Like we don't need more coins in our fucking wallets. We're already jingling everywhere we go. <laughs> so, but what are they going to call it? Like the fiveies, the the a foony? Animaniacs. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Wacko, Yakko, and Dot. Right. Yes. <laughs> yes.
That's right, folks. It's time for the Nerdy Point of View podcast, where we explore the nerdier side of life via random topics that we come up with and discuss for your entertainment. I am one of your hosts, the literal worst, Brian Penaloza. With me today is the pun master herself, Carrie Lyons. Hello, hello, everyone. And of course, the villain of the show, Martin Franklin. Fresh off of a bank holiday weekend, so ready to just, you know, cause some mischief. Always the mischief with you. (laughs) And today we have a very, very special guest with us. Today we have Matt Fowler with us. Hello. Thank you for having me. Glad to be here. We're glad to have you. (laughs) Thanks. So... Don't forget, we are also sponsored by DiceBard. Go to DiceBard.com and check out their outstanding selection of dice. They've got the -the glow-in-the-dark dice, my favorite set of dice, the rainbow dice, and if you like metal dice, they have you covered there as well, plus many more styles and colors. DiceBard has everything you need to play Dungeons & Dragons if all you need is dice. And of course, don't forget to use the discount code NERDY for free expedited shipping on your order. You get a little something, we get a little something, Uh, we pay for our website, so that's great. You know, help us pay for the website and keep putting on this wonderful show for you. With that, let's jump into some topics. Uh, As Matt is our guest, I figured let's let him go first. So Matt, why don't you tell us your topic? Great. Uh, the topic that I just came up with off the top of my head was uh, fantasy novels and uh, what is your favorite uh, and uh, a little bit why. A fantasy novel recommendation session, if you will. Um, yeah, so uh, should I start that or uh, does someone else want to start that? Or? Yeah, why don't you go ahead and kind of give us your idea, like, you know, what you mean by fantasy novel. And sure. Um uh, I, I'm a fan of a couple different uh, uh, fantasy series. Um, I think my favorite one would have to be the Icewind Dale trilogy uh, by R.A. Salvatore. Yes. Yes. You guys familiar? Yes. Very. Why? Why has that not been made into a, a movie or a series yet? That's that's a big question for me. That's uh, a legit question because R.A. Salvatore, like all his D and D writing, is great. Like um, the Legend of Drizzt books. Oh, oh yeah, so yep. good. So good. I'm waiting for those movies to be made. I mean, we've got the CG effects to make Menzel Bronson. For Christ's sake, just fucking do it. <laughs> oh, Wolfgar. Oh, Wolfgar. Oh, I I picture uh I picture that that I don't know was it he is that He Man gif? I don't know the one with like the dude with the uh uh blonde hair cut about shoulder length that looks like he's jizzing over everything. Oh God! Right. Yeah, that's he, man. Yeah, yeah that's what sure. I. That's how I picture fucking Wolfgar. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just love the imagery in those in those novels, um, and uh, and uh, I, I produce a right now a, a, an audio drama called Space Ward. That's um, it's kind of like a mix between Mass Effect and like In Treatment. It's like you know oh, therapy in space. Yeah, um, but I, I think the next. I, I'm really interested in, in continuing to do audio dramas, which are like fully produced. Like it's kind of like watching a TV show, but for your ears. Um, and and I think the next one that I want to do is like an epic fantasy audio drama. And and I just keep thinking about the Icewind Dale trilogy, about you know the journey that those characters go on, and just the great dynamics between them. And like I I, I don't know if you guys remember that scene where. Uh, uh, what's the name of the the dwarf uh, king? Um, uh, I, Wolfgar's Bruno, dad, Bruno, Bruno. Uh, Battlehammer. Bruno. Where where Bruner? Uh, they're they're underneath the the caves, and he jumps off that cliff with the with the barrel of uh, 
powder on his back and he lights the barrel and he jumps off the cliff onto the dragon and he's yes oh my god like such an amazing visual scene um i don't know i just i just love those those books so i'm uh, going through recommendation bit of a mind blown situation because bruno i haven't read these and so i'm very very like i need to go and pick them up and read them oh, now they're uh, so bruno, good i am bruno a dwarf king my bruno is the name of it's like the character they base the stats on in the player's handbook when you create a character right yes um, so I'm just having this mind blown thing of like, oh my god, like, <laughs> oh really? I've been to this whole time, yeah, like that's really cool that they've done that. Um, that's good to know. That there's good writing, I think, especially when you're looking at um, like a licensed product like that. I've only heard really good things about any of the fiction from like D and D. Um, I think it's the same with a lot of Warhammer stuff, right? But yeah. but now, so wait, so uh, I I'm I'm having a mind blown moment here. Yeah, <laughs> is is the Icewind Dale trilogy was that written based on D and D? Oh yeah. No. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea. I just read it. I just one of my friends recommended it to me, and I just read it. And oh my god. Yeah, all those Ari <laughs> Salvatore books are all based off of uh, Dungeons and Dragons lore. Oh god. That's why they're so good. Yeah. <laughs> right. I've actually oh. just started reading them. I'm on the first Dritz book right now. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, I'm so far loving it. It's, a lot of people actually suggested it to me. Obviously, I've heard of them before. Uh, mm -hmm. Always was really intrigued to read them, but just never, I guess, took the initiative to sit down and actually do it. Until I actually, um, I wrote like a backstory for one of my characters and I posted it online and two people actually compared me to Jay Salvatore. And I i blown away wow that's a huge compliment that is and so i was like okay i have to now check out these books because i mean i'm always about improving and i have a feeling like if my style kind of like resembles hers then i really really want to uh i think it's really... uh just uh i think it's ra and i think it's oh, ra yeah and i think it's a guy Oh my god, I'm embarrassed. Just so you know. No, See, no, that no tells me what I know about the books. <laughs> I, just, I just wanted to make sure. Oh, that... I'm so sorry, Robert Anthony Salvatore. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, I just, I just, I'm looking at the wiki right now because I'm just like, oh, I need to remember these. I'm like, oh yeah, Robert Anthony Salvatore. <laughs> I don't know why. I mean, I guess, yeah. yeah. Anyway. I, yeah. But it's... It's quite Still an intimidating thing. I've heard a lot about these, and I've never read them. I think because I'm like, there's so much to read, and it kind of sometimes you feel a bit like, oh, it's a lot of a commitment to make. Um, but it sounds like it's worth diving into. It, um, yeah, and you know what? It's not going to feel like a commitment. Like once right. you get into it, it's gonna you're just you'll be sucked in, and it, and you won't even you won't even miss the life that you had before. Yeah, I guess it's I gotta agree. <laughs> it's got to be great just to help your additional I mean like D&D in general doesn't obviously follow law of books per se but it's just nice to know more about the realms that it's set in and stuff as well isn't it so it's good from a you know yeah I mean like so I mean I guess te technically segues into my answer because my answer was going to be the Legend of Drizzt books oh and, nice <laughs> yeah and so I I had heard about these books from somebody on Twitter and I finally just bit the bullet and I downloaded one onto Kindle because I never like have time to like carry physical books with me. 
and I was at work and it was kind of a slow period. So I was like, oh, you know, I'll just download the book to my phone and kind of peek through a couple chapters whenever it's slow. Uh, so I finished the first book in like two days because I could not put it down. I was reading it all night. I was reading it just whenever I wasn't at work. Like I just couldn't put it down. And I ended up burning through like 17 books in this series in like three months. Wow. And yeah, I, it was like, it was, it was like fictional crack. Like I yeah. had enough reading it because mm-hmm. like the first three books are set just straight in, uh, the underdark and Menzo Branson, which like, it really gave me a new appreciation for drow society and how they function and how they work and just how brutal and just evil, like they really are. Uh, but like the lore that's there was set up in such an interesting way that, you, you could just couldn't help but be drawn in. And then from there, um, you know, having them go out into the world at large and, you know, basically all of like the Sword Coast, spending a lot of time in 10 towns and, you know, up in that area and just all the things that they see and do and all the places they go. Um, it's just really cool when you're such, a, especially when you're a huge fan of Dungeons and Dragons, like I know most of us are. Um, to get to see these places written up in in kind of how the combat's done and and all the magic and stuff like that, uh, it's very very well written and and the descriptions are very like they paint a really great picture in your mind, especially uh, in like the fights and stuff like that. Like the uh, way it's written, oh man, I can't say enough good things. Mm-hmm. The way the the combat system of Dritz, where he talks about the way that he moves and the way that his swords move in relationship to his body, and uh, it's yeah, it's ugh. yeah. So I'll good. just sit here and gush all fucking day. So <laughs> right, <laughs> consider, consider me so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm so glad that that you that you guys uh, are reading this and and most of you are into it because really the only reason I I said that was because I was thinking about like, oh, what would I like to talk about? And I was like, I just want to talk about how fucking good these books are. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm so excited. This is great. Thank you. Books books have a great way of doing that. Yeah. Yeah, you would have loved it in one of our recent campaigns. Dritz actually made an appearance. Oh, God. What? Yeah, came in, saved the day. Fucking (sighs) my drow was about to be definitely killed. So I appreciate it. Oh, that's so cool! Coming yeah. in to help another. Are, are you? Is, is your drow a uh, like? Are you chaotic good or are you good? Or um, like, she uh... started off kind of more. I don't. Know, do you call her chaotic evil? Chaotic. She mm. was more starting off. She was definitely more towards, anyways, unlawful. Definitely. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that's the one thing I love about these campaigns is like as you're playing them and you're interacting with all these characters from like the other players to NPCs, you know, like there's character growth. So she went yeah. from being like, you know, only cares about herself and had like her own prerogative going on. Uh, like a drug would. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and uh, but, you know, now it's to the point where she cares about her friends and would do anything for them. Um, she's still definitely chaotic something uh <laughs> but not quite as evil she's definitely grown so i mean drow actually gave her a nod of kind of like not being so stern with the drow ways mm. until she made a slightly sexist comment and then he's like well i guess some things never change <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome yeah drow sorry drow i said drow. <laughs> i love drow 
Eh, drow, drow, potato, potato. Whatever. Mm. Yeah, I already I insulted Salvatore already, so yeah, <laughs> I did too. We'll just, we'll just yeah. make the rounds. Exactly. Okay, Martin, what horrible thing do you want to say about R.A. Salvatore? <laughs> oh, don't even get me started. I've got a whole... No, 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 no nothing at all. Um, but, I like, I just what you were saying is quite an interesting thing. I hadn't even considered them. They're great books for just mining side characters from, for oh, your yeah. own stories mm -hmm. and just bringing people in. Because even if not everyone reads them, there's gonna, probably going to be someone at your table who's like, oh my god, I know who this is. Like, And then you get that, like, you know that fan out moment where you're just like oh this is so cool like um yeah so i might have to read them just for that just for that um, <laughs> effect so. yeah there's there's an assassin in some of the later books and for the life of me i cannot remember his name but i actually did model one of my characters after him oh he's the one that you, are you talking about the one that dritz and and him are like almost equals the yes oh yeah he's uh, so badass i can't remember his name now ah Neither can I, but he had that that dagger that like sucks the life out of people. Like, yeah, yeah, that guy's fucking badass. So I made a character that was like loosely based off of him, and I was very happy with that character until he lit an airship on fire and died. Oh, oh. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. That's 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 a one way to go, I suppose. If you, I mean, go if he was gonna go, it had to be epic. He died as he lived, burning yeah. down an airship. And Enteri, and Enteri. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Anyway, what I love is that like that happened right after fire killed one of our party members. Uh... <laughs> oh, Vathrus. I know, and I just made a new character that has a flask of oil and uh, oh light god, it up, so... of course. Just don't do it when you're like thousands of miles in the air this time. <laughs> I make no promises. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, Martin. Um, what what's a uh, a fantasy book that really speaks to you? Um. Well, I unfortunately am going to be moving away from um, R.A. Salvatore. Just um, sorry, he's had Bastard. he's had too much airtime. You know, <laughs> just well, there's the insult. There we go. Yeah, yep. there we go. There it exactly. is. You yeah. I'm just sick and tired of him. <laughs> no, um, mine are. Um, they're not. So they're interesting. They're a fantasy book. They're not particularly high fantasy. Although there's dragons and a bit of magic and stuff, but it's kind of more political, intriguey stuff. Uh, which is different because it's not a thing I would normally like. And I think I've mentioned uh, these books on the podcast before by an author called Robin Hobb, or at least that's the name she uses for this series of books. Um, the, the initial trilogy is called the Farseer Trilogy, and it starts with a book called Assassin's Apprentice. And um, yeah, I really rate them just because they were the first books that made me care about politics in books, I think, mm. like about intrigue and that kind of thing. Um, it basically... the the first one covers the early life of a character called Fitzchivalry, who is um, it's like a royal bastard who lives in a castle and he's training. Basically, he's like training to become an assassin and stuff. But I, I won't go into it because I think if people read it, they really should find out a lot of this stuff as they go. Because it, it is one of those books that's, that just, I don't know, you don't necessarily trust any character. Um, and not in a bad way. Like, it doesn't ever get tiring. Um, but you do kind of just wonder, like, is this person an asshole? But are they going to be a good asshole? Or are they just a dick? Like, it's... It's interesting, um, but this um, this character Fitz has got um, like a, a magical power that's kind of like ancient and distrusted. So um, it's yeah, it's not just politics. There's magic in there. Like I said, there's dragons down the road, and it's it's really really interesting. I I thoroughly recommend it. Mm. Are you done? Sounds yeah. great. And it's See... another one that's got like about six trilogies to it or something. So there's a lot <laughs> to read if you want. Yeah, I don't think I've actually heard of that one, but it sounds like something worth checking out. 
Yeah. See, when you when you were talking about like mining, you know, mining ideas and and uh, mm. you know writing styles and stuff, I think that's I think that's so important, you know, a, as a writer um, to to be reading and and to be absorbing. You know, obviously, you know, you don't want to you don't want to write something that, you know, uh, that is not in your voice. But I think right. the way that we get our voices as as writers and artists is is through other art, you know. Um, so I'm, I'm really uh, definitely for my for my fantasy uh, audio drama, I, I think I would definitely need to reread all of R.A. Salvatore and definitely check out the, uh, the Assassin's Apprentice too. That, that the political stuff in there sounds really cool. I, you know, especially for a long running, you know, thing where you're trying to get characters, you know, people invested in characters when you have right. these, these back plots and, and you're not sure who to trust. It could be really, really cool. Mm. And I think the one thing I would say about Assassin's Apprentice is I think I'm not sure like, I think I'd have to put, like, a caveat on there. I'm not sure how well it stands on its own. Like, I think, for me, it, it's it's much better. Like, you know, the sum of all of the parts are mm. maybe better than the initial because it was, like, the first foray into this kind of, like, fantasy stuff for um, for this author. Like I say, Robin Hobb. Let me just double-check and see what her... Um, uh, Margaret Astrid Lindholm Ogden is wow. the writer's That's a mouthful. Yeah, yeah, so no wonder Robin she changed Hobb her name. Um, <laughs> is... Um, but yeah, I, I would I would definitely say that like for me, it definitely made me want to write better politics for my games. Like I didn't want it to just all be, I don't know. Like I think sometimes you want like a, not too complex. You don't want convoluted, but you don't just want there's option A and there's option B, and one of them is right and one of them is wrong. I think it it made me realize that sometimes this answer might seem right, but will have negative effects, and this one might not seem so good, but may in the long term have better results. Things like that. Um, I think absolutely, if if you plan on writing anything, you need to be reading stuff. But you can, you like you say, you can only write in your own voice. You can't right. tell someone else's story. It has to be your own story. Mm -hmm. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. I uh, I don't do a whole lot of reading. I was I was really kidding about those Legends of Drizzt books. I only read picture books. <laughs> <laughs> and they really inform my DM style. Uh, can I tell you guys a, a funny story about uh, about Dungeons and Dragons? Please do. Yes. Please, yes. Uh, it, it's I don't know if it's funny, but it's just interesting. Um, well, we will I, definitely I, be the judge of your story. <laughs> I just want to throw that out there. I, I I I played a little bit when I was in high school. Uh, one of my one of my best friends. Uh, he was he was the captain of the football team, and I was the captain of the wrestling team, and. And on our downtime, we would read Stephen King and R.A. Salvatore and play Dungeons and Dragons. Um, and so he introduced me to that. But then once I, when I was in college, sorry, that was my ice machine. Uh, <laughs> when I was when I was in college, um, my uh, my fellow actors that were my roommates, they wanted to play Dungeons and Dragons. And so I was not a DM. I didn't have any of the books um, but I was like, come on, there's gotta be some way that we can, that we can play this. We didn't have any dice. So basically I created a slimmed down version that was all based on coin tossing. Oh, nice. and huh. ba basically you would flip a coin and if it was, if it was heads, you know, you would get it. You would, whatever you wanted to do, you could do it. If it was tails, you failed. And, uh, it was so much fun and they, they got so into it. But I remember the, you know, the, the scene started out in a, in a bar and uh, you know, there are all these characters and one of them was, was a werewolf. 
And uh, so all these pikemen come in and start, you know, messing with all the patrons in the bar and, you know, trying to kill people and whatever. And this werewolf, he just keeps flipping and it's like tails, tails, tails. And he's, he's getting run through with spears and, <laughs> and like just demolished. And finally, you know, right before he's going to die, he, and it, and it was also hit points. Like every time you got hit, it just took away like one bar and you had, everybody had like 10, whatever. So it was just super simple. Um, and, uh, finally he, he flips ahead. And I remember that's the beautiful thing about DMing, right? Is like, you get to create these, these awesome stories and, and, and scenes. Right. I remember I was like, all right. So he, he transforms into the wolf and he, you know, he, you know, knocks off a couple of their heads with his, with his giant claw. And then he takes one of them and he grabs their, them by the head and he impales them on the spear that's already impaled through him. And so (laughs) awesome. Oh God. Yeah. Right. Anyway, that's, uh, that's my, that's my story. That's all I got. It's good times. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, It's like, if if you're in a hotel or, you know, on a bus or something and you don't have your dice or your books, you can always just, Flip a coin. I like it. A little slim down version. Yeah, that is actually really cool. That, and that that kind of speaks to I don't know. I I guess like the mentality of like gamers and and people who like to play games, uh, whether it be video games or uh, you know uh, tabletop games. But you know, it's that whole I really want to tell a story or you know do that communal storytelling thing. And I don't have any of the tools I think I need, so I'm just gonna fucking make it up. Like it's <laughs> it's, it's cool how versatile um, communal storytelling can be, and how right. simple and stripped down it can make you can make it and still have an engaging time. Such a huge like... part of our culture too, yeah. in all cultures. Sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say I feel like that's how dread got started. Oh, um. <laughs> I, I really would actually, oh, you know what? I really should talk to Epidiah because I really yeah, want that's... to know how he came up with that Jenga Tower concept. Yeah. Have you ever seen that? No. Oh, no. It's I, really I cool. I don't know Dread at all. It's yeah. it's essentially like a horror-themed uh, tabletop game, but instead of rolling dice, when you want to do something that you your character might not ordinarily be able to do, you have to pull from a Jenga Tower. And... <sighs> The idea is that at your, you know, the the game master is telling a story, telling a horror story, and as the tension in the story ratchets up, the tower gets more and more unstable, and that builds more tension for the players until eventually the tower falls, and when the tower falls, that character dies. That's so brilliant. It's so oh, good. Wow. And Brian tells it really well. Like I. You should see how many peer- people are actually cheering for death. I mean, it, if it was taken, the context was taken outside the game, people would be mortified <laughs> because there's like literally like hashtags like kill Travis. Travis oh must die. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I have a way of describing death, apparently, that I really enjoy. <laughs> yeah. um, that's awesome. Makes a yeah. real art out of it. I think um, that's a really interesting thing about games in general recently, though, is there's a, a big um, push towards games that are storytelling and that communal storytelling like you're saying like i don't know if you guys have ever played gloom or um Mm. something as simple as rory's story cubes it's literally uh, like eight dice in a box with a different like tiny little picture on each side and you roll them and you cut you create a story out of it and then you pick the best or gloom is a game about having a family and 
throughout the course of the game, you have to make your family as unhappy as possible and kill them oh off God. first. Oh, yeah, sounds like my kind of game. Whilst <laughs> making everyone else as happy as possible. And each card, like, you can just play it like a numbers game. You can play it like, okay, I am the least happy family now. But each card <laughs> is see-through and it stacks. So as you play them, you can see the effects of previous cards. And um, each one has, like, just a little tagline or a little bit of text. And when I play it with my friends, we play it very theatrically. Like, we'll be like, oh, and as I wandered through the swamp, I... And then, like, you play the next card and it's like, I suddenly was overcome by my incredible adherence to the alcohol I've been... Like, I don't know, like... <laughs> I've got the card, so I can't even think, but it's it just like a very British game. Yeah. I don't know where it came from. There's, like, a Cthulhu version of it. It's But basically, it's there's so many of these things now where it's like, you don't need books. Like, the books are great. I love all my D&D books. I'm a sucker for them. But you don't need any of that to play these games, you know? Like, say, you can have a coin, and that's all you need um, yeah. if you've got people of the same mindset. So yeah. it's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so before we tangent really hard again, uh, Carrie, what's your <laughs> fantasy book? Well, I know I've talked about, uh, Dragon Riders of Pern before on a previous podcast episode. So this is kind of related to that. Just to summarize up quickly, um, the Dragon Riders of Pern is written by Anne McCaffrey. She was a, an amazing author. Like, uh, she, you want to talk about creating like a mental image as you read, like everything was so in detail and just beautifully, beautifully written. And she created this amazing world and people got so absorbed with the world and wanted to know more about it because like, she didn't just go into aspects of the story that were related. Like she cr literally created a whole world with different species of animals, different technology, different civilizations. Like it was really cool. So my pick actually is a book that came out a few, I think, I'm not sure actually in the years, I'm not sure if she was, if it was released when she was still alive or not, because I know like her children did a lot of collaborative work with other people to bring life still into her world to keep it going. But this is called the Dragon Lover's Guide to Pern. And it pretty much, um, defines like there's like an atlas it includes like descriptions of uh, exploration civilization geography and all life forms of her world of pern and wow she wrote so many books she, yeah yeah she wow. really did and they are absolutely amazing i believe some of the last couple ones were written by her son i'm not entirely sure i think maybe some of them she had started writing and then he finished them and I haven't actually got to those yet, but the original book series, like the, I'd say, like, I think the first six were my absolute favorite. Mm. But that first one, it, it's really cool. Like they have not only a telepathic link with their dragons, but like also it goes way, way deeper into that. Like they can sense each other's emotions and there is like this mating ritual that goes on between like uh, the gold dragon, the queen dragon and uh usually like a bunch of bronze dragons will like there's like this flight and they all fight to mate with uh the queen the gold dragon but their people are linked to the dragons as they're doing this whoa and that's how they choose a king essentially to rule with oh okay yeah because wow. yeah, when a, a dragon hatches you you uh impress it there's like an impression and when there's usually one gold egg that is lame and uh when the impression goes on like people are putting that at their risk that they will put like say 10 girls in uh that are 
good applicants that they think to make a queen that might impress the gold dragon, but most of the time they, they'll get slaughtered. The queen does not care. She'll kill until somebody does impress her. <sighs> it's a really cool series. Like, I could seriously talk about this forever and not do it justice, but... Did, did you ever see Flight of Dragons? It was like a cartoon that was in the same like stylistic as The Hobbit cartoon. Um, yeah, that sounds familiar. There, there's a lot of similarities uh, in that in that cartoon as far as the link that that they had with their dragons and stuff. It's really cool. I definitely have to check her out. I don't think I've seen dragons or fled dragons. I might have to check that out now. Yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of dated. I mean, it's you know, like I said, it's it's a it's a cartoon. It's about you know, um, I can't remember. It started off in a bookstore, kind of like the ending story, and then he ended up in this world with dragons and but they but the the um yeah the the link um telepathic link uh, and empathetic link uh was 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 heavily in that so i wonder if that's where they kind of stole from but it's you know it kind of goes back to you know a lot i'm seeing that a lot of her books were written in like the 70s like 70 late 70s i'm wondering you know what influenced her you know because it, it, it just goes back to you know all, all of these writers you know they can all talk about where you know what influenced them and yeah what did they read you know like yeah the, yeah that because we're reading like Stephen, them and thinking yeah stephen king you know when he talks about the the gunslinger series um you know he talks about how he had the idea to write this you know i mean i think he finished you know whatever in the in late 2000s um but he had the idea to write that back in the 80s and he waited because he didn't want to or maybe even earlier, he, but he waited because he didn't want to be, he didn't want to sound like Lord of the Rings because he uh, was still, he was still, you know, enamored with that and, and, you know, in love with the books and stuff. So he waited to write it until he wrote all these other books and he really found his own, you know, voice as a storyteller to write his epic tale, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah, that's a really great idea, actually. Yeah. I, so, I love the Gunslinger series. Sorry, just uh, put that in place. Me too. And, and the <laughs> movie, the movie. I haven't uh, seen the movie yet. Don't ever. I was worried. I was. There are so oh, many already man. changes done from the book. Uh, Idris yeah. Alba. Idris Alba's great. Matthew McConaughey is great. Mm-hmm. Everything else about it is just shit. It's just. Oh. It's. Oh. That breaks my heart. Oh, it's like they just put the Gunslinger in a blender, and no. then. Oh no. Did you what? read the the last book? Mm-hmm. Was it good? Because like I thought that the seventh book that was it. Wait, hold on. Are you about to blow my mind again? You mean? I swear, someone said that they, he had released. Um, I swear. Mean, so- the the last book that I know is where like the basically it like resets and they're they're back in New York. Okay, see that's the one I haven't read. Oh fuck! Sorry. Shit. No, that's okay. <laughs> I just remember like ending the previous book and being so pissed off. So honestly, like, yeah, yeah. I uh, just love yeah, it. you it's, need... it's like to describe the book. You just pick like the <laughs> big no. twist. I'm sorry. Yeah, like, if you see the one that has this really <laughs> epic moment, that if you haven't read it, I'm totally gonna ruin it right now. Uh, <laughs> that's why books are so difficult to talk about. Because uh, a, you want to do them justice, and just b, you don't know if you're gonna ruin something. Because it seems so obvious in hindsight. You're like, oh, of course. And you're like, oh no, when I read it, I didn't know that. Um, mm. Yeah, it's difficult to avoid. Um, you should still before, read it. 
just before we move on too far from the Flight of Dragons things, um, I just had a look into it. I, I didn't know about this film until someone sent me something recently. There's a James Earl Jones monologue in this film, which is brutal. It's like so filled with like existential dread. Yeah. It's oh, it's incredible. If you can find it on YouTube, um, literally James Earl Jones as Oberdon the Red in Flight of Dragons. It's about three minutes. It's in my YouTube watch history. I had to double check to see if that's the one. So good, but it's beautiful. Think, like if you were a kid watching that, my word. Yeah, but that yeah. was the kind of stuff that that I don't know. You know how old you guys are, but um, I'm I'm uh, thirty thirty two recently, and uh, that was the kind of the kind of stuff that we grew up with was like this sort of dark. Uh, you know, dark fantasy, you know, stuff, and not not that it was tinged, wasn't it? With like, yeah, a, a of that. Just, yeah. they they weren't, they, you know, I mean, they weren't really, I don't know, it, it wasn't just, uh, you know, Ed, Ed, and Eddie. You know, we had a lot of, <laughs> yeah. we had a lot of uh, really dark. Uh, oh God, yeah. Do well, not at... besmirch the name of Ed, Ed, and Eddie, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I think they need to do a great yeah. reboot of Ed and Eddie. I'm just gonna throw that out there. Yeah, let's I make a live reboot. action one with oh with Ashton Kutcher oh, no. and uh... <laughs> Ed Helms. Yeah, okay, we can actually get actual Ed. To do this. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. So Ed Helms, Ed Norton, and <laughs> oh, um... okay, there's got to be another Ed out there. Someone oh, <laughs> guest. Who's yeah. who's the one from uh, Twilight? Isn't his name Edward? No, no, oh, that's, oh, like his, that's, that's his character. character. Yeah, yeah. that's that's who that is, though, right? So <laughs> he has no real name. Are there um, not like a lot of Edwards in Hollywood? Like there has to be. Oh, this is gonna bug me. All right, I'm gonna I mean, go I can very quick think there. it's like it's Eddie Murphy, but I don't. Eddie think Murphy. Oh, yes, <laughs> there we go. yes, that's, that's yeah. it. Oh my god, yeah. That rounds them out perfectly. Ed Helms, oh Edward Norton, and Eddie Murphy. <laughs> oh my god. Ice cream man. <laughs> oh god. We should yeah. just with cut a together special guest some, appearance. Cut together Sheeran. some video clips and overdub them with the Ed, Ed, and Eddie audio oh of those yeah. three actors together. Oh my <laughs> god. <laughs> um, very quickly on the topic of books, um, for anyone who listened and follows us on Twitter, after the uh, podcast episode we had Nina on, we did a similar book recommendation thing. I made sure to link them all in a Twitter thread, so I'll do the same for the ones we've spoken about on here. Um, awesome. You should be able to catch us on Twitter and just see what we've all spoken about. Right on. Sweet. Um, that said, Carrie, I believe you also have a topic for us uh, that really fits the uh, fantasy theme. So. I do indeed. Uh, I been okay i i find into like the deep holes of like youtube where you just let it keep going and yeah i know how that sounded just i'm gonna roll with it but all those deep holes and i Lift. find them all no um so i was stumbled on this uh youtube video and it was like the top fives and i think it, i can't remember what the theme of it i actually tried finding it and my search history was just too big in youtube so uh but all of a sudden as i'm watching i'm just like wow that looks familiar and it turned out that it was actually uh reporting about a castle that was nearby like i live on the st lawrence river which is uh the thousand islands because we have literally thousands of islands and a lot of them do have history. So the one I actually want to talk about now is Bolt Castle. And because my question is, uh, 
because I guess that's important to know before I get into my answer, <laughs> would be, like, are there any famous castles or uh, structures nearby that have like a cool story or that you just want to talk about? And since I've already started to answer my own question, I'll just go ahead and take the jump on this. So Bolt Castle has kind of a really, I guess, sad story to it, but a really cool one at the same time. Uh, there was a man called George Bolt, and he was so in love with his wife that he started building a cottage on Hart Island. And he kept adding on to it, kept adding on to it. And I believe, uh, if I can see, it has, yeah, okay. So it has, uh, they had 300 workers working on it, including stonemasons, carpenters, artists, and there's 120 rooms inside, complete with tunnels, a powerhouse, Italian gardens, the drawbridge. An Ulster Tower, which is a children's playhouse, and I don't know if I'm saying this right, but a dovecote. I, I don't know what that is. So, hmm. okay. yeah. Uh, but unfortunately, in 1904, tragedy stuck, and uh, Bolt telegraphed the island, commanding the workers to immediately stop all construction because his wife had died. Uh, unfortunately, like this was a surprise for the wife, so she had never even seen it. She didn't even know like this was being done. So, yeah, so um, Brokenhearted Bolt, you know, he couldn't imagine living in that place or spending any time in it. So he never returned to it and he just left it go. And for 73 years, uh, the castle and all the other structures were left to the mercy of like the wind, the rain, ice and snow and, of course, vandals. And then in 1977, the daughter of uh, Bolt, I believe, uh, she sold bolt castle and all the the whole island for one dollar to <laughs> yeah to the thousand islands Jeez. bridge authority uh under the condition that it was open to the public and people could come learn about the history and every single cent that they earned from tourism put was put into uh restructuring the building and keeping it up to mm -hmm. date and you know, keeping it going. And to this day, like, they still honor that. And, like, they just finished construction on it last year. And nice, okay. Yeah, there's, there's been about $15 million spent on restoration and improvements. It's crazy, wow. isn't it? Like, how much yeah. money goes. Um, just very quickly, off topic, a uh, dovecote or a dove, a, yeah, dovecote is a structure intended to house pigeons or doves. Oh, hmm. well, they so actually literally would have been a little dove doves. place. Yeah. Aww. That's cool, though, that they're still maintaining it and still working on that. It's really cool, and you can actually take a ferry over there from my town, uh, or Gananoque, and they will take you out there, and you can, like, go on the island, you can have a picnic out front, you can, like, walk through and see most of the rooms. Some of them are roped off for protection, but for the most part, you can explore the whole thing, and it's really cool to see. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Especially when you you're with, sort of in an age where so many things get like bought to be torn down to like put apartment buildings and stuff. Yeah. It's, like, yeah. it's nice to see. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I love that she only did it for $1. You know, like she didn't yeah. care about any kind of profits because this thing is obviously worth like multi million dollars, but she didn't care. You know, she just wanted to, to have the story of like what her parents went through and just give something to the public. But here's that thing as well, is it is like these places are like never ending battles to like keep them that way. Because like mm -hmm. they've been around for so long. It's like the maintenance. Well, like you said, was it fifteen million? Yep. Like yep. maintenance is crazy. But I mean the tourism it gets is nuts. Right. Like okay. we do have people that travel 
uh, from all over the place. Like we do have like American tourists. We have people from all over Canada, even like over in the UK. You know, we have people coming all over the place to. We are fond of a castle, so <laughs> yeah. Say, don't you guys get enough of your own fucking castles over there? <laughs> it's nice yeah, to really. see like castles in different lights, you know, different angles and stuff. It's good. It's... Well, they just take the devil's door, you know, and they just hop on right over. And... Right? Yeah, we've yeah. got direct, a direct oh. link over. Damn, oh. callback to the very first episode of this. Yep. The yeah. very first. Damn. <laughs> One might call it a 84 episode. years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I had no idea that the British were so infatuated with castles. Uh, it's like castle porn or something over there. <laughs> no, if it's kind of it's kind of the opposite to be honest. We're kind of a bit done with castles. We can't move for them. Really, not like, just oh, another like, castle. Yeah, lower your drawbridge, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, I was like, oh, a dovecote. Oh, <laughs> Ooh, that was good. Uh, yeah. But what do you guys? Anyone have like any cool castles or you know structures or stories around there? You know, Mark's um, got a fucking castle. Oh, fucking right. He's got like six <laughs> castles, like three feet away from him. He's just well, like, assumed... pressed in on all sides by castles. I assumed yeah. he's living o in one. <laughs> Over here, the phrase between a rock and a hard place is just between a castle and another bigger castle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, alright. So, yeah, castles are, like, so common here. Like, not, but not as much as you think. We don't all actually live in castles with moats and stuff. Um, the one closest to me is about a 30, 40 minute drive, something like that, I think. Um, a little place called Arundel. Um, it's a really, really nice castle. I actually haven't been there in a while. I should probably give it a visit again. Yeah, go, go pay uh, respects. Right, yeah. exactly. And the building, like they started construction in 1068 of this castle. So it's blooming old. Like it's been around a little while now. Um, and it still looks phenomenal. Like, I've got to say, like looking through, um, uh, we had a brief rundown of this stuff before, and I was like, "Oh yeah, let's have a quick look and see it." Like when you look at these places from the outside, you could not tell that they've been around for that long. You know, um, this one was actually like really badly damaged during our civil war, which was, I want to say, sixteen forty-ish. I'm a bit bad on that, but um, from what I can see, they sort of didn't even bother repairing it for like a hundred years. That's how we are with our castles. We're like, you know what? <laughs> we've got like we've got others. We can get to this one, you know. Um but yeah, like I and I think with most places now it's a very similar thing. It's it is a tourist thing now, you know? Like they've got a lot of places that are kind of shut off, but it's kind of like a way of showing how they lived back then. So they've got like a lot of set pieces and scenes set up in the house and you can sort of nice. take walkthroughs them, things like that. Um yeah, it's it's really, really interesting. Definitely need to get over there soon. Um, they do a lot over here, I think, to make these places just feel uh, like the history, like how they would have been back then. But then it's also interesting because it's like, would it? You know, because we make them up to be so grand and everything, but um, you sort of wonder whether they would have actually lived in that condition back then. Um, I think, what, like a thousand odd years ago. It's kind of baffling. Mm-hmm. No, I really but like yeah. that they have it set up like that to see how they lived because kind of um, I can't remember honestly if it was Bolt Castle or we also have Singer Island and okay. I can't remember but one of them I'm pretty sure it's Bolt Castle though like they do the same thing like as you walk through it's still all set up just like people were living in it back then. Oh nice. It's really cool to see. The other thing is it's just too tempting like they normally have it roped off and it's just I just want to go and sit down in there you know I just want to yes. go sit and read a book for an hour or something like just in this setting mm. you can't do one okay. of those. <laughs> I just have to touch it. I just, I just need to touch it. No, I don't need to go around picking everything up, but just like sit within it, you know, like. 
No, he would be the guy like in the TV show that always gets into trouble because he's always going in and touching things and. I just been full costumes. Like, no, he would be the uh, the like... Jack Carter. Yes, exactly. From Eureka. Yes, for those of you yes. who've seen Eureka, that is a Eureka reference. Yes. Uh, yeah, Sheriff Jack Carter show. has right. to touch everything, everything he comes across, and a lot of it he doesn't understand. Also, yep. Eureka, great show. If you are, are not watching it, it's on Amazon Prime. Go watch it. It's definitely worth checking out. If you want to see what a bunch of uh, super intelligent people in one city, what troubles they can get up into, yeah, watch yeah, it. I've, I've, I've been, uh, I've been uh, circling around it for a while. Is it, the writing, is it really good? Oh, my yes. God, yes. So really? Good. It's basically yeah. the exact opposite of this show where we are an audio format and really dumb. It's a visual <laughs> format, and it's it's really good. That's yeah. awesome. I'm really excited. I need to check it out. Also, in opposite, this show is readily available in the UK and European regions, whereas Eureka is not. I've been wanting to watch that show for ages, um, and I just have not been able to find a legitimate way of watching it. Oh, um, that sucks. It, it never even, I don't think it ever even aired over here on like our TV. Yeah, oh, it's a sad You time. guys missed out. It's five seasons of pure joy. Yeah, thanks for rubbing it in. Cheers. <laughs> I mean, I can keep really going on that. about how great Eureka is because it reminds me of Eureka's Castle, so it kind of fits. Oh, God. Okay. Yeah, for anybody that remembers that old fucking chestnut. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, that show was bad. It really was. Was it Magellan the Dragon? Was that the dragon's name? I oh, was, I want to say yes. I think that was the dragon's name. Yeah, Magellan was creepy. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> Matt, do you have any castles? Uh, yeah, so, um, in, it's not really super close to me, but, um, in Napa Valley, there's a castle called Castello di Amorosa, and, um, I, I was going to talk about the, the Winchester, uh, mystery house, but instead I wanted to, to, to touch on this one because, uh, this is a, uh, a 13th century castle that was, uh, moved to California some years ago. Um, and so it was built in, I'm trying to find where it was built. Hold on, let me, um, oh, no, never mind. It's a, it's just based on old castles. It was built in, uh, 1994. So that sucks. Uh, my castle's a failure. That old 13th century, 1994. <laughs> Based on 13th century, but um, anyway, um, yeah, it was built in 1994. But it's an it's an authentic castle in in the sense that uh, it's it's built, you know, to spec. It's a real castle, mm -hmm. but it's not old. But the cool thing about it is that I got to uh, when I was working for YouTube Red on a VR project. Uh, called Matt Pat's Game Lab. Um, I got to just sit in the torture chamber, uh, like with a bunch of gear, and I got to like fly drones over it. And we kind of had the sweet. run of this castle, so that was kind of cool. That's awesome. Um, That's that is really the benefit cool. of having a modern, like reconstruction of an older thing, because you can't fly drones and things over a lot of like the authentic original deals or whatever right so this is a great way of being able to actually like kind of get that experience but you know without kind of pissing people off or yeah you know, go, you know it's uh, I, that's really I, really cool i will say that um and, and the other cool thing about that castle is like it's it's on a winery so like you can go in and like drink wine inside this castle which is kind of cool 
Um, Even better. <laughs> but after being in, in Scotland recently and um, seeing the castle in Edinburgh, which is a huge, massive castle, a real giant freaking castle. This castle is a, is tiny. It's It's like nothing. And I remember it being so cool when I first went there because I'd never been to a castle before. And now I just hate this castle. So, yeah, it's called Castello di Amorosa. It's in uh, Napa Valley, and uh, it's a cool place for a date. Right on. I, mean, I would take it, yeah. 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 That's all I got. Yeah, so um, like, part of me was going to talk about this castle that's in Del Mar down here in San Diego. And uh, I was like, that's cool. And then I thought, I know nothing about this place. It looks interesting. <laughs> and you can go visit it, I guess. Uh, but fuck that place. Then I was like, okay, so I could make a joke about how over in Mission Beach, way out on the rocks, there's a homeless person fuck shack. And I could pretend that's a <laughs> castle and make a lot of jokes about that. And I was like, no, 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 no. Because then we we're talking about old structures. Wait, Is what? that the one that's like a tower? No, no, it's uh, it's literally so. <laughs> there's like a jetty that goes out like into the ocean from like the end of Mission Beach, and I a long time ago, and it's still there because I was just looking at Google Earth images yep. of that area. Um, if you go about halfway out into the ocean on those rocks, uh, there's just this old shack, and if you look inside, it definitely seems like it is used for homeless fucking. That's <laughs> Seems like the only thing that's going on. There's used condoms. There's like an old shoe. Uh, there's pizza boxes. Uh, so I mean, they're eating well. So you know, good for them. Yeah. yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, they got the right idea. You've got like the best view in the house there. I mean, yeah. it is. Romantic. And nobody can hear your hear your screams of pain because you know, of the waves crashing or no, pleasure. No, you know, right. Yeah, let's, right. let's not judge. It could be right. screams of ec- ecstasy. Right. And also mm-hmm. ecstasy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> So that, I was going to joke about the homeless fuck shack, and then I was like, nah, nah, nah. Um, but you did. But you did, but yeah. But well, I mean, right. I wasn't going to not bring it up once I thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> but I wasn't going to make that my answer either. Right, well played. Um, I started thinking about Old Town, and we don't really have, like, castle in Old Town, because uh, it's like old San Diego. Um, but I was, like, thinking of, like, the, the old Spanish missions and that weird pentagram tower in Presidio Park. Uh, but I think I'm going to go just with a real quick little bit on the Whaley house, because that is probably my favorite building in all of San Diego. It is, uh, acknowledged by U S Congress to be an actual haunted historical site, which, you know, whether or not you believe in ghosts, who gives a fuck, the government says it's true. So it must be right. Um, (laughs) but it's a building with a lot of history. It's been used as like a courthouse. It's been used as a theater it's gone through many transformations, and a lot of people have died tragically in that house just by weird mistakes. Like, uh, one of the Whaley daughters was like running down a hill, and the clothesline was there to, uh, you know, hang clothes, mm-hmm. but she didn't see it and just like clotheslined herself mm. and like just right in the neck and like died on the kitchen counter. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh yeah, there's a lot of history in that house. Um it's a really, I don't know, the house has a really creepy vibe, but it's it's really cool because they have everything set up in there. 
uh, it's you know set up like a museum where you, like you go into the courtroom and the court set up how it would have been back in the day. If you go upstairs to where the pl- uh, room where they did plays was, you know it's it's a pretty small room, but uh, you know it's all set up how that used to be. The bedrooms are set up how they used to be. Uh, the sitting room, like everything, the kitchen is all set up like how it would have been when people were living in it. And it's just a really, really cool building with a lot of just interesting history and tragic history. Um, but yeah, that that would be my closest thing to it. That's, that's my castle, damn it. It's a castle to me. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, yeah, yeah. I accept that Creepy. answer. <laughs> this is acceptable. And I figured it was a lot better than the homeless fuck shack, so. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And both, and both got equal airtime as well, yeah. so really, they both came out winners on it. So. Um, just a little bit more. I suppose it's on topic. And um, so I've just realized with my one, literally this weekend, they were running uh, a mock castle siege. If you do have castles near you, keep an eye out for when they run those events because those things are awesome. Um, you get to walk around like tons of people like reenacting stuff. It's basically like LARPing, but you can go be casual and just see other people do all the work. Yeah. <laughs> In true British fashion. Right, yeah. yeah. Um, lazy LARPing. Lazy LARPing. That's what the L stands for. <laughs> um, yeah, so just, just kind of, if you do have a castle, like wherever you are, I'm sure they'll be doing that kind of stuff. So. Oh, that that brings up something that's slightly off topic, but not entirely. Uh, I am uh, a neighbor to the St. Lawrence Seaway, actually. Oh, yeah, uh, I grew up in Vermont, and, um, you know, the St. Lawrence turns into Lake Champlain. Mm-hmm. Um and uh and so uh there was fort ticonderoga which was on the banks of new york uh, on lake champlain and uh we used to go to reenactments at fort ticonderoga so tying all that together uh we're we're water neighbors we could we could have visited each other by boat um seriously though at at, at one point um have you ever heard of uh i don't know if 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 you would have, but uh, in Lake Champlain, which, so basically the way it works is the St. Lawrence Seaway uh, comes from the Atlantic and goes, you know, through Canada, and then it turns into Lake Champlain, which goes between Vermont and New York, and that actually turns into the Hudson, which goes through New York City and down to the ocean. So uh, basically, at one point, New England and that piece of Canada uh, were an island. And in Lake Champlain, they've found whale carcasses, and there's huh. actually believed to be a, a Loch Ness monster type uh, dinosaur or whatever in Lake Champlain, and they call it Champ. Oh my and god, so, I think I have heard of that. Yeah, I definitely have heard of that because yeah. I'm really big into cryptozoology. Yeah, and my 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 dad is a huge fisherman, and we used to go fishing out. You know, Lake Champlain gets like six hundred feet deep at certain points, and um, there's a story from the fifties where a Japanese uh, a fleet of Japanese um, scientists came to Lake Champlain and actually tracked something with sonar and and advanced stuff, some something huge, and basically what happened was they were tracking it with these boats, and it disappeared into a bank but the water was 600 feet deep there so they think that it basically probably went into an underground you know underwater cave system or something Um, that is really cool actually but yeah when you said saint lawrence i was like oh yeah yeah um 
we kind of have a similar it's not quite a legend because not enough people talk about it to be a legend but locals anyways we have a lake called charleston lake in this area and uh one of my friends he lives right on it and he was telling the story and i guess other people have seen like similar weird things like this but you know when like a goose or a bird like when they're taking off from the water they kind of like fly like right on top of it and they kind of like you see the water splashing and right well that's what he thought he was seeing at first until he realized that the bird was facing the wrong direction it was going backwards and something had like a foot or a tail or it had a grip on it somehow and the bird's trying to fly but this thing was speeding across the water like i guess he said like a motorboat and then the bird just went down and that was it See, that's the thing about about that about that region is because during the ice age, you know, there was obviously there were glaciers there, right? And then when they receded, the it it a lot of those areas were a part of the ocean. And then the more that it receded and it dried up, you know, it created these these lakes, like you know, because like Lake Champlain and the Saint Lake Champlain now I think is not actually connected to the Saint Lawrence, or it's or it's only by um uh locks yeah but uh but you know there's sturgeon in there and like i said they found whale carcasses so you know it's entirely possible that a lot of those you know and i think that's that's the premise of of lock lock ness as well is right is that at one point it would have been you know connected to the ocean somehow yeah right yeah, yeah. no it makes sense and it's just really cool to think about like what could be in there that we don't know about well because there's there's landlocked salmon in there too which is mm-hmm. really rare um in, in champlain yeah anyway fishing yeah, yeah no i love to fish and like <laughs> I, same thing like one winter i went fishing because we had like a really freak winter and i was able to go like duck or dock fishing right in december it was like three days before christmas i believe or maybe it was even christmas eve and like the happiest i've ever been because like <sighs> Usually the only fishing you get to do in the winter is ice fishing, and there's so much work to do with it. Right. So it was just really nice to be casting off the dock, and we caught salmon in Charleston Lake, which never <sighs> happens, but that's because like they're migrating through the winter, right? and you don't catch them. But yeah, it was just really cool. We, we caught quite a bit like right off the bat for dock fishing, and <sighs> none of them were like big enough or in season to keep, but it was just still wild to see. Yeah, you're catching fish. That's That's all that really matters. Oh, man, I've never been stumped in my life. <laughs> so, before we anyway. yeah, before we pivot too hard, which we already did, but whatever. <laughs> um, Martin, what was your topic? Um, so, my to- what was my topic? Um, really? What do you do I, on what do you do on bank? It's yeah, it's um, so it's just been a bank holiday weekend over here, which is basically just a national holiday. Everyone gets to Monday off. Sundays are pretty chill. Everyone is just lazy. The sun's out. It's meant to be thunderstormy today, but we've got like a really nice sunny day. Um, and I found myself heading out to a garden center DIY store to pick up some plants because I've been wanting to just green up my room, basically get some living stuff in here and kind of zhuzz things up a bit. But I tweeted out about this and our good friend um, Tim at Anan Moth on Twitter um, pointed out that I was basically taking part in the quintessential British uh, tradition of using a bank holiday to go to a garden center. Um, and yeah, that just kind of made me chuckle. So I just wanted to know, like, what are the things that you guys do when you get a chance? Like when you get a national holiday, when you just have a day free that maybe you wouldn't normally have, um, what's the go-to thing for you guys? 
<laughs> so um, when I briefly gave this this question out before, and I was just like, "Quick rundown. This is what I'm going to ask." That same chuckle happened, and I'm I just know. nervous now. <laughs> what is that? So. Anybody that knows me knows that I have a very busy life. I have my day job uh, at a car dealership and then my night job, which is what I call it, even though it takes place during the day a lot of times, too, where I'm either doing the podcast or I'm, you know, doing Dread on uh, Dice Mm -hmm. Mart's channel or doing one of the shows on uh, Soul Bear RPG, uh, you know, my company's channel or doing a guest spot on another show or just something. I'm always doing something. A lot of it is live stuff, you know, that is not recorded. It cannot be moved. You, you show up and you do it live. Um, so when I get a day off where I don't have, and even like tomorrow, tomorrow's Memorial Day, uh, I, I have a show tomorrow night still regardless of the holiday uh, because most of the people in that show are Canadian and they said, fuck you, America. And I said, well, you know, that's fair. Uh, so you make you make a strong point (laughs) (laughs) you know i live here whatever Mm -hmm. um so when i do get like a day where you know it's a holiday i don't have to go to my day job i sleep and it's so good (laughs) right (laughs) i just don't do a goddamn thing maybe i'll wake up and watch a movie or play a video game but Mm -hmm. more than likely i sleep it is the most yeah. boring answer, but the rest of like, like I said, the rest of my life always has stuff going on so frequently that, you know, getting a little break from my day job is just a really good opportunity to catch up on the sleep that I do not get. Yeah, nice. I think that's I think that's a good answer. I don't think you should should worry about that because uh, Tim's response to mine was a picture of his like entire family in their front room. Most of them asleep having an afternoon <laughs> nap. So like, <laughs> that's definitely up there as an answer, I think, for these days. So uh, I think it's you know good that you get a family chance that naps well. together. Mm. I, think, yeah. I don't know. I don't want to. No, you don't know that? Was, you don't know that saying? <laughs> no, I just don't want to know the rest yeah, no. it's a it's a bonding you know, thing. What? You know, don't make the only weird. rhyme that came to my head is not one that I think families should be participating. <laughs> in. I think that says a lot more about you than it does about yeah, me. Exactly. <laughs> right. Oh god. Oh yeah, that's my that's my answer though. Very boring. Very just. Yeah, well, sleep. Mine's not yep. any more exciting than yours, so don't feel bad. Well, what is it? Uh, honestly, I usually don't realize it's a holiday so my tradition is going out and waiting for a bus that's never coming god it's fucking late where is it how how long on average would you say you uh well you to be fair waiting? like the bus is already usually 15 to 20 minutes late. So I have to sit there usually an hour to convince myself it's not coming. Because, like, to be fair, our, our bus has only come once an hour. Okay. But, yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, that's difficult to know, isn't it? Like, but then, but then after that, it's like you're, it's like you have a snow day. It's like, oh, it's a holiday, right? It's got to be like, or is it just like, fuck, I just waited for an hour and. It all depends on like my mood. Sometimes at that point I'll be like, "Fuck," you know, like I'll just go for a walk. I'm dressed. I got all done up. I'm like, I'm, I'm doing something. And then other times I'm just like, "Yeah, no, PlayStation's calling." Yeah, right. Yeah. Because I mean, I can't do anything. Oh no. 
Yeah, so it depends <laughs> the urgency of where you were trying to get to, right? Like, exactly. Uh, how that, yeah. yeah. I mean, especially, like, I, I work myself up to it, you know? Like, okay, today's the day. I'm going to get stuff done. I'm going to get this done. I'm going to get this done. It's going to be great. Yes! <laughs> oh, uh, so you just sad. walk back feeling dejected, and you're like, <laughs> I did nothing. <laughs> there, there's just, I just relate so hard to that, just that moment when you're like, it's not coming, is it? <laughs> just like your heart just like sinks. <laughs> oh, damn it. Yeah. Yeah, and okay. you're afraid that you're gonna start walking back and then that's when it drives by and you're just like so Oh bad. yes, yeah. So bad. Yeah. It's waiting around the corner, they're looking at you going like as soon <laughs> as she moves, as soon as she moves. Um <laughs> Yeah, what about what about yourself, Matt? So, um, in, in the U S, um, they, you know, they don't call them bank holidays. Um, you know, now most, most of your holidays, they just call them bank holidays, right? Like they don't, you don't have names for a lot of your, your holidays, right? I guess. Yeah. I mean, we, we do have like some specifically named stuff, but I think the bank holiday thing came on because the banks used to be closed. And so it's right. just like a generic term for them. I mean, okay. and, we do have like specific because we have like St George's Day or like those things, but they don't tend to really. We're just more like day off work, Woo! right? Right. <laughs> yeah. So in the U.S., uh, we uh, tend to celebrate um, bullshit historical events, um, and and yeah, and teach them to our kids, and um, you know, um, try to convince us and the rest of the world that that this history that we're celebrating is is true um so yeah i i just i fucking hate most of the holidays that we have in the Same. u.s right do you guys have um, family day no no we have no we have okay. columbus day who didn't oh. discover shit no i know we have thanksgiving yeah. uh where we celebrate you know the fact that we had a, a dinner with the indians that's 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 mm -hmm. what we celebrate out of that whole history is, yep. you know, uh, and, and then we ended up, you know, giving them some smallpox blankets and, mm -hmm. you know, uh, don't get on Thanksgiving. Oh man, we have, uh, what else do we have? Uh, you know, uh, what, what else are our, our actual national holidays that we have? Oh. So Thanksgiving and, uh, and, uh, what was the, the, the one that I mentioned? Uh, Columbus um, Day, uh, Columbus Day, Memorial Day. Uh, so, so yeah, Day. Memorial Day. Um, you know, Memorial Day is probably one of the better ones that we have, where you know, um, you know, where we can just you know remember the you know lost. Uh, anyway, uh, as far as traditions uh, during those, um, I don't know. It's super lame. Um, just washing my car is kind of one of the oh, i think that, that really like counts yeah i think yeah. that really counts that is a, that's definitely a bank holiday <laughs> thing as like well. just going to the you know to the do-it-yourself car wash and you know uh vacuuming and, uh, you know do, doing that whole deal um yeah that that's kind of my, my my thing uh on on time when i have time off um See. So yeah. it's like yeah. wash your car in like a Jessica Simpson style. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Sons, he ties the yeah. t-shirt off. He wears yeah. a short short. Yeah. 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 I actually have a, I have a specific pair of short shorts that I only bring out. But 
<laughs> I like the fact when, when he wakes up on a holiday, he like goes yeah. to the wardrobe, he slides yeah. through all the outfits, and there it is. Nope, nope, up ah, there it is, right there. The Try it on in the mirror. Um, you know, make sure it still fits and the bum still looks, you know, firm. Oh, yeah, maybe do yeah. some, maybe uh, you know, maybe do some, uh, you know, some uh, squats and stuff to firm it up. Oh, yeah. Ready. Um, yeah, and then I usually what I'll do is I'll stand in front of the freezer to get the nips nice and hard. Oh, that's okay, a trick. next level. Yeah, okay. that's so next mm-hmm. level. Yeah. So <laughs> that's See, my... what I love is how like they are all all of these things are sort of kind of on the same sort of line though. That basically we spend those days just quality of lifing. Yeah. I mean, except for waiting for a bus. That yeah, yeah, maybe not quite. But it's just doing that stuff that you wouldn't normally do on another day. It feels like a waste. But you're like, I have a free day, like a totally free day. It almost doesn't count. It like it exists outside of time. So you're like, I'm going to use it for productivity mm-hmm. or sleeping. Well, yeah. Well, but that is right. Well, like that. That yeah. is. Yeah. That's, is yeah. That's 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 well-being. That's yeah. That's personal health. You know. That's yeah. Mental mental health. It has someone worked. that has gone to sleep at five a.m. <laughs> for the last like four days. <laughs> like yeah. I actually want to touch back on that whole like pointless holidays thing. Where now like they're just creating holidays for the hell of it, because that's why I brought up Family Day. Because a few years ago, Canada decided it's like, well, you know what we need? We need a holiday every month. Because we need to make sure people get a weekend off every month. So for February, Valentine's Day isn't technically, you know, everything's oh, yeah. still open. Fucking so, Valentine's Day. Uh, Fuck. Yeah, <laughs> right. I know. But so they're like, you know what? We're going to create Family Day. And it's all about a day where families get together and they spend time and celebrate each other. Nobody does that. <laughs> you do but that. You off <laughs> and it's a paid holiday? Yeah. That's awesome. That's, that's all Canada. you need. Yeah. Yeah. But, but nobody really, does it. No, no. And that, you couldn't come up with a better theme that people would enjoy. Like, we, you could have made maple syrup day and it would have gone over better here. <laughs> oh, my God. See, I that's why I love that's why I love bank holiday, because mm-hmm. it's it's like no it's no bullshit. It's just like, listen, everything's closed. You got a day off. That's Except- <laughs> nowadays not everything is closed um, right. a lot of places do um, so I'll, I'll, just very quickly I'll do a rundown of what our bank holidays are for right New Year's Day, Good Friday so those are both kind of like you know there's semi meaning to those mm-hmm. and then there's um, Christmas Day and Boxing Day, Boxing Day is just the day after Christmas basically Yeah. and then we literally have um, oh Easter Monday as well sorry and then we just have an early May bank holiday, a spring bank holiday a summer bank holiday like we just have three days that are just like we're not even going to pretend yeah. um, <laughs> just have this one um, but like yeah they're not really for, like the only ones that are there really that kind of mean anything I guess are the ones that are for the end of year stuff you know like Christmas and New Year's um, yeah. it is kind of really strange when you think about it but I don't know I'm not going to complain I've always worked retail, though, so for me, a bank holiday coming up has always been like, hey, do you want to work on this day that no one right. else will be working? We'll right. give you a little bit more money. And then every year, that little bit of money gets a little bit less and less. Yeah. 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 Not worth I, it. It's, it's, not, it's not a good time, but um, yeah. But you know what has been a good time? Oh, Hanging out with you guys. Right. <laughs> uh, There's the segue. Yeah. I did it. I'd, I wish you wouldn't speak to me, though, Brian, because I'm just I'm not sure that I can... <laughs> 
in it. So I'm joking. No, it's amazing. You know, go ahead, get the get the British sadness out. Just go ahead and eat your fucking negative. No, I'm feeling good. I've got new plants in my room. I've got greenery around me. It's nice. Is that why we have dark clouds here? You just sent them over to Canada. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, fly, my pretties, fly. Through the demon. <laughs> it's my new thing. I'm controlling the weather. I knew it. Uh, weather wizard. Anyway, Matt, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Uh, it was great having you on. Absolutely. Thank, thank you, guys. Such, yeah, a, such a good time. Yeah. Um, if you ever need a uh, voice, uh, um, someone to come on and like be a... Uh, you know, a, a guest star on any of your campaigns. Uh, I would love to, uh, you know, to voice somebody fun. I'm totally be down for that. Yeah, we so. should actually talk yeah. about that. That's, yeah. yeah, that's very good. That'd be really yeah. cool. Yeah. But with that, um, <laughs> thank you so much, everybody who listened for hanging out with us today at the Nerdy Point of View podcast. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Captain Sugar Bear. That's at CPT Sugar Bear. Uh, you can also watch me on Wednesdays, that's today, at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, running Taldore, the Taldore campaign that we started two weeks ago. Um, two episodes in, they're on YouTube. You can check them out at Soul Bear Prod on YouTube. But uh, been having a lot of fun with that. It's been great getting back into DMing, and it's been great uh, working with the players that I have. Uh, just a ton of fun. People seem to really like the show. It's, it's really taking off. So uh, make sure to join us on that journey. Um, also a new show that will be starting on um, Saturdays in lieu of Galactic Mistakes, the Star Wars show. So make sure to check that out as well. Uh, Carrie, where are you on the internet and what are you working on? Well, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and DeviantArt. DeviantArt? Did whatever. On all those good <laughs> things. Uh, under the name Shrieky, S-H-R-I-E-K-E-E. You can see me on Threads of Fate uh, Fridays at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, I unfortunately missed last week, and I still need to watch the VOD, but I I think I survived, I I hope. And I have, I know I keep bringing it up, but I do have a giveaway to announce soon, and I will hopefully be back to wood burning here soon. Right on. Very cool. Martin, where are you on the internet, and what are you working on? I, as ever... I'm on Twitter at Grifolion, at G-R-Y-F-F-O-L-E-O-N, and twitch.tv forward slash Grifolion, where, like I say, my new schedule has been up, so we've been playing on that. Um, For people who do see me, slight change, I'm not going to be doing something different uh, per weekdays now. I'm just going to be starting a game, playing through the game, and then changing when it finishes. So um, it'll be Resident Evil 7 on the following, um, you know, following streams after this podcast. Oh, God. (laughs) <laughs> nice. Oh god, I was so tense after my first start of it, and I'm just like, oh, so I've terrible. seen a couple playthroughs. It's a different thing playing it. It's a so different thing. You are. Oh, don't even. Oh, I, I can't even imagine. imagine. My heart would explode. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, Matt, where are you on the internet, and what are you working on? Sure. I uh, just wanted to say, uh, Brian, Martin, Carey, thank you guys so much for having me. Uh, such a pleasure. Um, uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Matt M. Fowler. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, if you want to hear some stuff uh, that I'm working on, you can play Dynasty Warriors 9. Uh, I am the voice of Zhuglian in Dynasty Warriors 9, which just came out uh, earlier this year. Um, cool. uh, also, uh, I produce and uh, write uh, an audio drama called Space Ward. You can find that at uh, 
the space ward on twitter uh it's also on uh, itunes google play music instagram uh uh soundcloud uh it's like a mix between mass effect and in treatment uh we've got about 13 episodes uh, out right now and um we're actually gearing up to uh really take it to the next level i, I recently got a deal with a uh voiceover uh, production studio um where they're going to be producing it as opposed to me just doing it out of my closet um oh, so, so cool. nice. yeah and it, it's got it's got a bunch of other uh dynasty warriors uh actors in it as well because i i knew them all from this studio um and so like four of the main cast are all in dynasty warriors 9 as well so um, oh that's really sweet yeah yeah so uh you can uh check out um yeah, uh, Space Ward. Um, and then, uh, yeah, if you want to find out more about my, my credits and uh, other TV gigs that I've done and stuff like that, you can find me on IMDb. Yeah, I saw that you were on an episode of Prison Break, which I absolutely love that show, so I thought that was really cool. <laughs> yeah, I actually, um, that was my, actually my first paid TV acting gig was I, I actually got to play the uh, photo double for Teabag. No way. <laughs> yes. I love Theodore. Yes. Yes. Uh, so they put a they put the tea bag blonde wig on me and stippled my face and uh I was like nineteen at the time. And uh yeah, I just got to ride around in the back of a car for a couple days and they gave me my own trailer and that That's was so one of cool. Yeah, yeah. Everybody was super nice. That was actually the reason I was I was able to do Prison Break was because I went to acting school in Dallas, and they actually filmed in in Dallas for a bunch of their seasons. So that I was uh, that was before I moved to LA. So, yeah, Good that's times. really cool. Yeah, right on. Uh, don't forget, you can find the show on Twitter as well at Nerdy POV, and you can check out all of our new episodes and our legacy episodes at nerdypointofview.com. Uh, also, go to nerdypointofview.com slash contact us if you want to say hi, uh, you know, submit any community topics, anything you want to do in in uh, the way of communicating with us. Go ahead. Hit us up. We'd like to hear from you. Uh, make sure to also check out our Facebook page and our growing Facebook community as well. And we even have a Discord channel if you're into that sort of thing. Just reach out to the podcast on Twitter and we'll make sure you get a link. Of course, if you liked what you heard today, it would help us out big time if you give us five stars and a review on iTunes. Uh, we are a smaller show and we would like to be a bigger show. And, uh, you know, every review just helps us kind of extend our reach. Share with your friends, you know, if you like what you heard, tell them, hey, there's a show I really like and I think you'd like it too. And, uh, you know, just spread the word, spread the love, just like we do every week. Yeah. In your ear. Reviews, reviews are huge. Um, so please, if you're listening and you haven't reviewed the show yet, please review the show. Uh, it's, it's the way that other people find out about the show. I can't say enough. I know, I know you already did, but, uh, just go ahead and, and take that five seconds and, and show some love for these guys. The reviews are, are paramount. Yeah, no, I actually yeah. appreciate you doubling down on that because yes, it is. It is the best way to help our show. It is way better than any other way you can do it. Um, you know, just like retweets of the show and reviews of the show are two things like, you know, helping us grow and extend our reach. And, uh, you know, really kind of keeps bringing us to the table every week because there's a lot of work that does go into this. And uh, while it is fun, uh, we also want people to actually listen. You know, we don't like to scream into a void. No one does. No creator does. So, you know. Please do. Wait, no. That's actually what that's I do on my bank college. 
I actually uh, record my own podcast directly after this that I don't release. It just sits on my hard drive yeah. everywhere. So it's, yeah. That, that's my actually my, that, that's my bank holiday uh, tradition. I just scream into the void. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. You know, can I just um, make a request? Can we end this with Griff saying mashed potatoes? I, I mean, sure. <laughs> you want to bring the mashed potatoes back? Oh, why the Is fuck are you that? asking me? Uh, yes. <laughs> why not? <laughs> It's been a while. I've not I've not been practicing my mashed potato, but all right. Well, first I need to get to the end of the show. Exactly. So, yeah. You know, uh, let's do our community shout out real quick. This week is going to go to Michael Mordor. Michael Mordor does uh, miniatures painting for Dungeons and Dragons and other uh, TTRPGs. Uh, his work is incredible. Uh, he's a really nice guy. He's very active on Twitter. Um, definitely make sure to check out his stuff. He also has a Patreon. If you want to go to patreon.com forward slash Michael Mordor, and I believe there is an underscore there. So Michael underscore Mordor. Yeah, there it is. Um, and on, on Twitter, he's at goblins underscore Mordor. Uh, seriously, check out his work. I mean, the amount of detail that are in these miniatures is freaking insane. Mm-hmm. Um, can't say enough nice things about this guy. Also, he's in Scotland, which uh, Matt was talking about going to a little bit earlier this month. So, you know, it all ties together. Um, with that, is there anything else you guys want to cover? Well, if you guys have any cool castles in your neighborhood, I really would love to hear history. I find that stuff really interesting. Yeah. Um, also, you know, make sure to hit us up, share your favorite fantasy novels, and uh, also your local traditions during national holidays, whatever they might be. Um, hey, does anyone else like to wait for a bus that doesn't show up? Because <laughs> I would feel so much better then. I hope nobody hits you up. <laughs> Just send gifts of um, like dust balls rolling across the desert. <laughs> uh, can you? All right. Well, yeah. If nobody has anything else, then we are out. Griff. 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 Mashed potatoes. I'm happy now.